Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. All right, back again like we never left. The Lunch Panel Draftcast, Episode 2, back again. We're going to go back and revisit some of the offensive tackles from later in the draft, maybe some steals. We're going to finish up some edge rushers and move into the guys that play in a phone booth, some offensive guards and centers for you. All right, let's go ahead and finish up edges since that's where we kind of left off last week. Last week, right? I'm not misconstruing my days. Yeah, it's, It was last week. Yeah, last week. Um, so who did we not get to? I know I, I, if memory serves, I left uh, – off talking about how I believe Joe Tryon had a bet had an argument to be a top three edge in this class. Some people I've even seen had him at one. So I guess we finished up with him. Where who do you want to go, get after first? There, Jacob. Yeah. So there are a couple guys. Uh, I know we talked a lot about some of the top edges like Gregory Rousseau. Uh, Your number one. Come get him. Come yeah. get him, draft fans. He <laughs> is here to make you angry. Yeah. I, the only reason I have that is just to piss people off at this point. Uh, yeah I I love playing that troll role and just stirring the pot it's like oh you have you don't have quitty pays your edge one you're stupid you don't know what you're talking about well I mean they're right you are stupid you have no idea what you're talking about god you're so dumb I'm a a buffoon Danny absolutely I am right there with you I am ask my fiance nothing if not (laughs) an idiot oh god (laughs) we are we are in. You know what? Just turn us off. We know nothing. Yeah, we <laughs> stop. This is the episode. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, before before we get too sidetracked and go on a tangent, go ahead and give us a give us who you want to ta- talk about first. All right. So one guy I kind of want to talk about is someone who put together a freakish pro day performance, but came away with zero sacks in 2020. I'm talking, of course, about Jason Alwe, the edge rusher from Penn State. He is such an interesting case, isn't he? I I don't want to be the guy to be like, yeah, Alden Smith or something. You know, because he's we, – how many times have we seen this? And we can even go back to other Penn State edges. I go back to uh, Aaron Mabin. I believe was name was his name oh, yeah. of Penn State, who was another one of these smaller, leaner. Because he, I mean, he's not tiny. Like Aaron Maven, I believe was smaller, but always. A, so Maven was six foot four, listed at what was he listed at? Give me his weight, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, six four two forty. Okay, so fifteen pounds heavier, but. I'm always a little leery of dudes who are, I think he's got what, six total sacks in his career at Penn state. Um, He's a freak athlete. And that does show on tape where you can see like the, you know, people love to say Ben's like Gumby and whatnot, but I, I'm hard pressed to see him because you'll see some players, some uh, sites and stuff projecting him top 15. And I'm kind of just like, I'm out on that. Like, I'm not taking a complete project that high. Like, could the reward be there? Absolutely. But I, I want to hear your breakdown of him because I'm a lot lower than him on most, but I, I'm interested to see what you say. 
Yeah, so I have him as a day two grade right now, kind of around that late round one, early round three, uh, simply because exactly that. The production is worrisome. He's raw. Uh, I feel like he doesn't have a go-to counter move in his arsenal yet. And it's all speed. Like, he just uh, – all, all speed, absolutely. Yeah. And at this point, because uh, he's lengthier, and it, it's weird because – we talked about it last episode, like a waist bender versus a knee bender. I think that Jason always does a very good job of, you know, ripping and dipping and turning the corner and getting his hips low, but. Okay. So just, just not to cut you off, but just for someone who may not understand, let's just give the audience. Cause I know, I noticed last episode, we got a little terminology ha- happy. Yeah. Go ahead and just give a quick explanation of what ripping and dipping is. It, it's yeah. a kind of self-explanatory, but I'd rather just get it out of the way. Yeah, so what I mean by that is basically an edge rusher is uh, pass rushing on an outside speed rush, uh, attacking the outside shoulder of an offensive tackle. And you take your inside arm and basically in like an uppercut motion going underneath the pads of the offensive tackle. And then, you know, the whole thing with that is getting low to the point where you win with leverage Mm-hmm. but also have, you know, enough momentum and speed to beat the guy that you're going up against to the edge and taking a sharp angle to the quarterback. So that's essentially, that's essentially what that means. Uh, and Jason Alway can do it really well. Uh, but I feel like his, just his pad level when setting the edge isn't great. Like he doesn't have a lot of power in his anchor, in my opinion. And, you know, if you, you know, disagree, feel free to let me know, but I feel like just run support in general. Uh, he could use uh, a little bit of additional strength in his frame. So this is where where I was kind of – we we use different terms. I always have said if a guy can set the edge well or if he holds his, if he holds his ground well, he's got weight in his ass. Yeah. Awe does not carry weight in his ass. He's very high cut. He's V-tapered. Like he's, a, he's aesthetically what you want to look like as a football player but he lacks some functional football strength as it were of let me just set this edge anchor down and make him for basically force funnel him back into where the people are. Yeah. That's essentially what it means. When we say set the edge, you're saying funnel, him. basically hold your ground, make him basically come back to where your additional help is. So your other linemen, your linebackers, your safety help your, you don't really want to get a running back one-on-one with a corner if you can help it. Yeah, exactly. And all those concerns aside, though, Jason Awe is a freak athlete. I know we've already talked about it. Uh, he ran in the four threes. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. I don't, however much stock you put in those uh, pro day numbers, do whatever you want. But still, guys, fast as hell. Uh, and it shows up on tape. He's, his first step is bonkers. Uh he can turn the corner well, and once you know he gets out in the open field in pursuit, uh, good luck outrunning him. I'll just say that. And that alone, like you said, our team's going to be willing to take him in the top 15. I don't know. But I feel like a lot of NFL teams can look at those toolsy prospects and think, I can fix him. You know, and that has that uh, way of thinking has, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. But with a guy who's as athletic as Jason Awe is for, you know, that size and that length, uh, someone's going to take a shot on him. I don't know exactly when. I I do think it'll be in the first round, though. 
It'll be in the first round, I think. I, I think just when I saw the top 15, that's kind of where I where I fold my hand, as it were. Like, I'm, I'm good on that. Like, thanks, but no thanks. It, he's more uh, – I think he's a better developmental project for a team that might need a situational pass rusher and you can kind of ease him in. Yeah. Where, where you just say, hey, bud, pin your ears back, go get him. Yeah. You know what would be an interesting fit for him would be Tampa Bay. Just give everyone to Tampa Bay. Here we go. <laughs> At this point, just give everyone to Tampa. Uh, but but you're right. He because he doesn't with 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 Jason Pierre-Paul, a guy coming out of South Florida, very similar, long, lean. You know, I I mean, I I see the comp, especially with Todd Bowles. You know, letting him stand up. I I could see that fit. I mean, I. I think it's just one of those things. Like I, I don't see it with him just yeah. because I feel like it's all projection, no substance. It is what it is at that point. So, you know, I, feel free to come at me in my mentions, but I think in terms of scheme fit, we brought up the, the Tampa Bay. I think he's strictly three, four at this point. I really don't want him putting his hand in the dirt just because he can't, he can't, he needs to use what he's got right now. Yeah. There's there's an old scouting adage, don't tell me what he can't do, tell me what he can do. What I know he can do is run fast and get after someone. Well, all right, stand him up, give him a little one or two step head start and say, go get him, kid. That's about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that, you know, the scheme fit, uh, very clearly a stand-up guy. Take advantage of that speed for sure. Uh, another edge rusher I wanted to touch on a little bit uh, last week that we didn't go into is uh, Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. Okay, so he, that's a good call. That's who I, I was looking at next. Yeah. And um, for, for whatever reason, I only know like three or four uh, college fight songs, and one of them is <laughs> Oklahoma for the sole purpose of growing up watching uh, WWE. Uh, their announcer, Jim Ross, went out to the Oklahoma theme song. Or like the fight song or whatever, the do 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 and so that's it's that Notre Dame and Mizzou. That's all I know. Well, I went to SIU and our fight song at football games was Go Southern Go and the crowd would the crowd would then chant, That's all we know. So, <laughs> you know, we're real smart down in Carbondale. We do oh, our yeah. best. We do our absolute best. Um <laughs> but to to just touch on on Perkins. So what we we're talking a lot about stand-up guys when we talk about edges, but Perkins to me is more hand in the dirt. He can do four, he can be on a 40 front hand of the dirt and be like a strong, like a, like a strong side defender, like a strong side defensive end, which is for those who don't know, strong side defensive end is someone who lines up to the handed side of the quarterback. So it's a a left-handed quarterback. He's on the right side of the defensive line because that's the strong side of the quarterback's hand and vice versa. All right. Or it could be the side that's more the side that they run to more. It's it's not typically though because of the side the handed side. It's a, the the left defensive end is the strong side defensive end. Just quick clear up. Um, I think he's scheme diverse in terms of like hand of the door. I think he, he can five tech because he's he is strong despite his weight. Um. <sighs> I think he can five tech in a three, four, which is basically just being a two gapper in a, in a 40 front for a, for four, three. I just, 
I don't know what to make of him because I think his uh, first his how do I say this without trying to like bash the guy? I think he's inconsistent inconsistent in how he plays. I think he'll have times where he looks really really good and other times where he kind of just fails to be seen on tables. It's almost like he's a ghost. But let me. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, and I want to touch a little bit on his uh, size because uh, he, he's in that 250 range. So uh, maybe for a guy who's handing the dirt, he could afford to add a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. But he was just shy of six, two and a half. Like he didn't even reach six, two and a half at his pro day when he got measured, which, you know, that's concerning because when you're playing off the edge, you know, ed length is something that's huge. You know, it gives you a longer radius and it makes it, you know, easier for you to prevent offensive tackles from getting inside your frame uh, and locking you out like that. So that is concerning with Ronnie Perkins. uh, And I feel like, like you said, he's hit or miss, but I feel like he does bring a lot of power to his game and kind of his, it's in his hands. Like he's like to quote Pernell McPhee at his Bears press conference. He's violent. Like he's got (laughs) very violent hands. And he'll, he, that's how he wins a lot of times is with his hand fighting. So, yeah. you know, it, yeah, I guess I, I would take him in round three or four. I, but I want him strictly with his hand in the dirt, despite his weight concerns. Cause he is strong and violent. I mean, like I said, I, I I'm left wanting more with the, the ghosting out at times. But he is a good player. Like, it's not like I'm sitting here saying, like, oh, he sucks. I don't want him. Like, I there's consistency issues. I, I like that he's laterally quick, quick, which he has to be at that size and height. Yeah. He's got – I mean, he's got pretty loose hips, and he can move himself from side to side. And, and he – like I said, the violent, the violent active hands. But just – it's too inconsistent. It's too hot and cold at this moment in time. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with all that. Uh, and I feel like he's – quick off the snap and one thing that I will say about his shorter height is that it makes it easier for him to get his weight underneath him and keep his pads low and I feel like he does a good job of converting speed to power in my opinion uh and combining those violent hands like you said and just generating that force in his lower body I feel like he's demonstrated on tape uh at his peak that he's able to you know push the pocket with you know just like a bull rush or like a one-arm jab uh I feel or, like he, or the stab move where you just up yeah. and up, up and out. Yep. Absolutely. Uh I actually did mean the stab. Uh I don't know why I said jab. I, he's uh, just punching guys in the face. He's reaching he's up under them, just giving a quick yeah. pop. Right in the jaw. Uh <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like like you said, it's hit or miss with him. He's hot and cold. And is that a type of guy I want to take in the first two rounds? I'm not sure. I I like him a lot in round three. Uh, I feel like he's the type of guy, maybe yeah. not be a huge instant starter right away. I feel like he can start a couple games in his rookie year and come in and, you know, have some sort of impact. But I feel like he's a guy you're looking at year two, year three. He'll eventually take some sort of step and develop into a decent uh, hand in Absolutely. the defensive end, primarily in a, a base four three system. Uh, but if you really want to get creative, sure, I agree. I think you could put him at a, as a five tech in a, mm-hmm. a four base. Yeah. Um, so just a guy I 
kind of been watching more so lately because anyone who listened to our first live stream together on Locker Room knows we talked a good bit about the Notre Dame starting middle linebacker. But while watching him, I've been kind of – I was kind of taken aback by how much I – little attention, rather, I paid to – I'm going to destroy this name, but I'm going to do my best with it. Adekunomo Ogundeji. Okay. <laughs> Despite me not being able to say the name, I enjoy watching it. Why don't you give me your initial thoughts, if you've got any, on, on Adekunombo Ogundeji. <laughs> <laughs> just please mercy mercy kill me on this name <laughs> oh my gosh you know the weird thing is when i was doing research on this guy uh i found out that Giannis antetokounmpo his last name uh leading up to the draft some people spelled it the exact same way that they spelled this guy's first name that's awesome so Antetokounmpo. Okay, now I know how to say his first name now that you say that. Awesome. I think it's pronounced like that, Antetokounmpo. Uh, I know he, he's gone by, like, just Ade. So I'll go with that just to make yeah, – just, uh, just to avoid making yourself look like a moron like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I totally agree. I feel like he hasn't been getting nearly enough love just because – that's you know it's a talented Notre Dame defense, but he's good. I like. Oh, he's he legit. He's legitimately good. Yeah, yeah. I was really impressed with his quickness off the ball. Uh, I feel like he had a pretty diverse uh, arsenal in his hands because not a lot of edge rushers. Like we were talking about Jason Nalway, you know, that's all projection. He doesn't really have an extensive you know pass rushing techniques in his arsenal yet. But I feel like Ogundeji definitely has that. Uh. I feel like he's more athletic in a straight line than he is side to side. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's evident. He, uh, I've just pulled up his, his, his RAS, his relative athletic score. He oh yeah. Sh- he short shuttled 2.39 or uh, he short shuttled 4.64. I was oops. Two point. Oh. That, which, I was going to say 2.39. He's not human. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four, six, four, which is for lack of a better word, bad. It's not yeah. good at all. Yeah. But his his 20-yard split was 2.76 on his 40-yard dash, which is above average. It's good. Yeah. Now, I do wonder um, if he's bit, a bit like, in a sense, where I think he's a multi-fast, because of his height more so than anything. He's almost 6'5". Six, six, he's 260 pounds. I wonder if he, he projects more as like a hybrid scheme, like the Patriots used to run in their heyday where yeah. you can kind of put him down with his hand in the dirt or stand him up. I, I think you'd be doing him doing him a disservice if you tried to make him do one versus the other. I yeah. think you're better suited letting him do both, especially when you factor in the fact that he does have good lower body explosion evident by his broad jump of 10 feet even at that size because he is, like I said, he's almost 6'5 and 260. So he's not necessarily light. He's not necessarily too tall, not, but not too tall Jones from the Cowboys. Um, that's a a good uh, good shout right there. Good shout, bringing back '70s Cowboys references. Here we go. Yes, sir. But this is the type of stuff that people tune into our show. This, this, that's what they want. They don't want our analysis. They want bad football references. Is what they want. <laughs> um, the one issue I did have with them, I like kind of like what you alluded to when you're saying someone's straight line. It means they lack lack some hip mobility and ankle mobility. He does not get side to side well. Yeah. He's he is strictly I go that way. 
Yeah. And if he doesn't move side to side, well, you probably don't want him in coverage too much because it means he can't turn and run and he can't flip his hips and he, he just can't do certain things. But I think he's been a bit overlooked because he does have, as you were alluding to, the, the counter moves. And he is a good run defender um, for someone who does seem to lack some weight. And something I really enjoy, he's kind of the antithesis of Perkins where Perkins is hot and cold, hot and cold. I don't want to say this, that Ade is always on, but he's consistently kind of, he's always able to be found on tape. Like he'll make backside stops. He'll chase someone down, but he's not, he's not just like out of control where it's like his hair is on fire. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like uh, that consistency is, it's kind of rare at the collegiate level because so many of these guys that we're talking about uh, can be hit or miss, whether it's, you know, a lack of power or just general size, or maybe they're not quick enough. I feel like Ogundiji uh, does a very good job of, he blends that speed. He blends that power and sure he's a little bit stiff in his lower half. And I feel like uh, pad level can be an area where he struggles a little bit uh, as a result of that. But, I think he's pretty good and not a lot of people are talking about him. Uh, I want to say I have him around that like round four, round five range, uh, which to my knowledge, it's higher than the consensus. I've seen him go like round six to a lot of people uh, have him in that 200, 200 range. Jeez, that voice crack. Uh, but yeah, that's where I have him. I have him actually at 162 on my board right now. And, it's just a matter of exactly what you said, Danny, uh, finding that scheme that's able to get the best use out of him uh, and take advantage of that versatility because he can rush with his hand in the dirt. He can rush standing up. And is he going to be the type of guy who can do one of those full time? I'm not sure, but I feel like there's a lot to like with him and he's, he's being slept on. So I'm definitely happy that you agree with me uh, that mm-hmm. He's both. He's definitely underrated in this draft process. So let's go on to another name that is going to make me feel really bad about myself. But when you think of Duke, you don't think football powerhouse, but they actually have, let's just touch on both edge rushers. They have. Yeah. Since we're, since I'm bringing them up, they have Victor Demukeje and then Chris Rump the second. So the, the more highly regarded one is Victor and, probably in that same range as, as uh, Ade is where he's probably a fourth or fifth round prospect, maybe third, if you really like him, but I do like, he's, you know, for lack of a better word, he's a technician, which is a nice way of saying he's not the greatest athlete in the world. Um, but he's a fourth. I think he's strictly four, three. So think like similar to what the Kansas city chiefs do where it's kind of always 4-3 or nickel, not yeah. too much 3-4 going on. Um, but he, he's for, for what he lacks in explosion, I think he's really smooth. And he does, as they say, run the arc well, Yeah. which for what people listening is running the arc is what they what kind of what you, what it means is you get the tackle on their outside hip and you kind of push them and you kind of move – you run the arc to the quarterback. It's, it's a weird, 
it, unless like you got to watch it to to see it. Like it's not hard, but it's I'm not good at explaining things like that. Normally. Terminology in general is just weird. There are so many weird terms that are have just become like basic vocabulary to guys like us, and we don't even we we don't give it a second. How how do I explain this to someone who doesn't watch film because they have a life and I don't? <laughs> That hit a little too close to home. I'm not going to lie. Oh, God, I'm sorry. It's okay. (laughs) But, yeah, Um, I'm with you there. Uh, And I was hoping that you you touch on that, that exactly he's not the best athlete in the world, but he's fluid. I feel like he can turn that corner well and uh, run the arc, so to speak. Uh, Just don't try to explain it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to try and explain it. Uh, But – yeah, I think I was a little bit underwhelmed with him just because I saw, like, other reputable draft experts. Like, normally what I'll do is I'll watch a guy, I'll see what other people think about him, and I'll say, oh, you know, I didn't notice that, uh, or, you know, I disagree with that, I agree with that. And if it's something glaring, then sure, I'll go back and look and see if I'm getting something wrong, if someone who knows more than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went back and looked you know, did that second look on him. And I don't know. I, I think he's strictly a day three guy. I don't necessarily get mm-hmm. any of the uh, like third round hype with him. Uh, like he plays so, hard and he's fluid. I think part of it is, and I, I'm not, I'm disagreeing with you in a sense of it. He, he got better every year at Duke. He always got better. And for what he la- lacks That's in, true. In the physical, because mind you, he's not even 6'2". He is a shorter pass rusher in the vein of like – and mind you, when I say shorter, I'm not saying he's going to be Elvis Doomerville or Robert Mathis or Dwight Freeney. I'm just saying he's shorter. He's a shorter pass rusher similar to those guys. But he does have decent lower body explosion, and he he is strong for his height. Now, mind you, the wingspan thing could play into it. He's He's got a little longer arms than his his height is. But he did bench 225, 28 times, which I don't think that's necessarily the greatest indicator of power because there's just so many more lifts you could be doing, like a hang clean or a power clean or something like that, where it shows more explosion and, and power. But that's the baseline that we have. And I like that he's, you know, it's, let's just be really prototypical or, or, uh, or really stereotypical. You're not prototypical. Um, of course, he's smart, he's a Duke kid. Duke doesn't let people in unless they're smart. It's kind of like the Notre Dame thing or the Stanford thing. Or if you're a football school in a powerhouse conference that has academic requirements, odds are you're not going to be getting some of these pure, unbelievable athletes. Yeah, Northwestern's another one I want to throw in there. Yep. Yeah, that same archetype there. Uh. I, I, I do agree. I feel like, you know, there were some improvements there uh, with Duma KJ. Uh, I, I'm going to butcher that name. Uh, e- even though you've said it, I I just butcher it. But You're doing your best, though. That's all that matters. That, that, is, that is our motto for this, this podcast. We are doing our absolute best to give you what you need. Exactly. Um, I think we've done enough time on Vic. Let's move on to his teammate, Chris Rump, whose father actually – is a defensive line coach. So probably a later round guy, uh, 
day three, like as we've said, probably fifth, sixth ish round. Um, I think he's in a, I think he's in a zone blitz scheme from the, th- from like a hybrid front, but hybrid multiple front, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm always someone f- to bet on the coach's kid because, and it's evident with how he plays. He's, he's just, he, he's got all these pass rush moves. He's got stab. He's got spin. He's got ripping. He's got, he's got the rip. He's got, he's got everything you need and he knows how to, he knows how to counter. Yeah. Because he has to, and he plays with good pad level and he has long arms. He just is, you know, not, he's not a great athlete but I think he's a good bet to be probably a solid situational pass rusher in his career. Yeah. And you know, it's a good, a good thing you're bringing up the, uh, the coach's kid thing. Cause it's kind of similar to uh, Van Jefferson last year. And obviously I don't think yeah. there's going to go nearly as high as Van did uh, going second round of the Rams last year. But when you have a dad, who's a positional coach in the NFL, like odds are you're going to be, a good technician. You're going to know what you're talking about. You're going to know what you're doing out there. And I definitely see that with uh, Chris Rumpf. I feel like he's got a pretty diverse skill set in terms of the moves he can pull off. And he's pretty active at the point of attack. And because some of these edge rushers, they don't necessarily have a plan like, okay, I'm going to hit this move. And if it doesn't work, I'll go to this. Uh, But Chris Rumpf has that. And that's something that, you know, shows up to me on tape. I do feel like he's a little bit better of an athlete than you're indicating. I mean, obviously he's not like, I think he's smooth is what I, what I not, not explosive. Like, and and you'll notice a theme when we're talking about these, these later round picks or mid round picks, they tend to lack explosion. And if they are later round picks that have explosion and great athleticism, odds are their tape kind of sucks. Yeah. And you're just betting on the pure upside that they offer as a athlete. So just want to clear that up for anyone listening. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Rumpf is, he's a solid athlete. I think he's more smooth than he is anything. Like he gets up and down the line, which is why I think he'd be really good as a multiple front blitzer and yeah. situational pass rusher. but I don't really want to much as much more than that. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about his size though, because he measured in a little bit under six, three, and he weighed in at 244 pounds, which was interesting to me. It's still a little bit light for an edge rusher at the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he played at least his listed weight was 225. So I'm interested in seeing how that weight's going to carry. If that's going to affect his, uh, his mobility, yeah, his mobility or his quickness off the snap. Cause he's not an elite athlete as it is. Like he's, he's solid, you know, he's fluid, like we mentioned, but if that weight gain, like he's still kind of light and he doesn't have like a super lengthy frame where he can probably afford to fill out a lot. Uh, so that, that's something I'm going to watch out for if I'm a team like, okay, he added a little bit of weight. Uh, can he still move? Can he still uh, mm-hmm. run sideline to sideline, get out in space if need be? So if he can't, then shoot, we might be looking like seventh round undrafted for him. 
Yeah. Uh, but my my bet is absolutely. I think that he's you know late round five, early round six. I think that's generally the range that he'll go. I, I can definitely so, see him getting drafted. Why don't we just go ahead and finish up these edges with a couple of smaller school guys? We'll touch on them for a minute or two and then move on. Uh, the big one that seems to be getting a lot of run lately is um, Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. What do you think about him? I have my thoughts but I want to hear what you're saying first before I kind of go in it, go, go get into him. Yeah. So with Ellerson Smith, obviously the size shows up to me. He's like six, six, uh, a little over that two fifty range. Uh, and for what it's worth, I think that he has a pretty good arsenal in his game. Like surprisingly for, you know, small school guys, they don't always have that extensive, uh, repertoire as a pass rusher like that. Uh, I just want to point out to everyone how well Jacob Infante just said repertoire. Like, because it is a, is a French word and we yeah. got a French ass word on this. It's not like me saying repertoire. That's how I say it for some <laughs> strange reason. It's repertoire. You got to say it like it's a French word. You got to say it with some stuck upness. Exactly. Like, I've seen Ratatouille. I think I know what I'm talking about. Oh my man. I took a year I took a semester of French in high school once. I know exactly how this works. <laughs> we are men of culture on this show. <laughs> okay, and we continue. Uh yeah. So yeah, I think that Ellison Smith, uh, he's one of those guys he does rush with a plan and he can beat you in a bunch of different ways, whether it's an arm over uh with that stab or with the bull rush, what and have you. Uh I like what he brings to the table and that size and that length gives him a definite advantage. Uh, and he tested really well at his pro day. He had a 41 and a half inch vertical at that size and a 10 foot seven broad jump, which is both of those are absolutely bananas. Uh, that edge. Yes. We're killing it with these references. Oh my Lord. I am showing my age here. Let's go. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, his his overall RAS, his relative athletic score, as we reference, as you'll hear me continue to reference throughout the entirety of the podcast, 9.87 overall, 6'6", 262 pounds, benched 225, 26 times, as a vert of 41.5, broad of 10.7, overall 9.87 on a scale of 10. So he's almost a perfect athletic specimen for that size. So there you go. Yeah. And I feel like – I don't know necessarily if he's as athletic on tape as, like, his agility numbers might indicate. He put up uh, what Kentley Platt would indicate as a good agility grade. Uh, mm-hmm. Subtle was slightly above average. Three-cone was very good. Uh, I feel like he is a little bit stiff on tape. That's just my opinion of him. Uh, and as a lengthier, taller edge rusher, it can be tougher to get low in your hips and be able to change direction fluidly. Uh, he's not bad. I feel like there are definitely tall edge rushers who do a worse job of getting their ass underneath them and, you know, maintaining that low pad level. But I feel like he can improve a little bit there. Uh, but overall, I think you're looking at a guy who uses his hands really well, uh, fantastic size. Uh, I feel like he's pretty strong. Uh, you can rely on him in run support, mm-hmm. but uh, he's the guy you're looking at. Uh, I want to say, what grade do I have on him? I think like a, late four, early round five. I think he'll go higher than that in the he'll draft. He'll go higher because of his, his testing. Yeah. The testing and, will skyrocket him. Or maybe like day three. <laughs> no, not day three. Round three. Round three. Round three yeah. I think he's going. 
uh, when it's all said and done because of just the upside that he brings. Yeah. Um, so I have a big issue if you're that kind of prospect who's getting hyped up and then I turn on the tape and I think you suck as a run, def- run defender. You can't be the dude who's at a small school dominating – we'll use that term loosely. Yeah. And be the guy who – sucks against the run like if the, if there's a run play going away from him he just not he doesn't he stops it's yeah. whatever it's cool it's if that's what you do that's what you do to this point i'm kind of like you i've got him as like a sub pack similar to another prospect we talked about earlier or the other one of the other prospects we talked about earlier where i think he's kind of just a sub package pass rusher to this point with great physical traits yeah. I want him to just pin his ears back and go get the pass rusher in obvious pass rushing situations. I know some people in the draft community love him, and that's probably the old school in me, like, oh, you got to still defend the run and whatnot. But I, I just he's not interested in defending the run almost, it seems like. I think he's a good football player. I like, I like him specifically in th- as a 3-4 edge rusher, but – I think he's just got to a do better with the run support and b um, improve. Well, which which well, let me say, I, when I bag on his functional strength, that's part of his run support. He's just not super physically strong throughout his lower half, yeah. so I think he needs to improve on that. And I I think and this is probably why he's at a smaller school. I think he just needs to work on his overall IQ. Nothing wrong with it. He's got great tangible assets where you can physically see the height, the length, the, the upper body strength, the explosion going forward. And he does have a decent set of pass rush moves. I just think he needs time. Yeah. He, he needs I definitely to agree. get better, but that's, I mean, we, we obviously see him slightly differently, but that's all right. Um, yeah. the, 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 and the final edge guy I wanted to bring up was, where did he go? I had him pulled up on my list, and now he's gone, and I hate myself. And that's Teron Jackson, Coastal Carolina. There we go. So, so there he is. And I said we were going to end with two smaller guys, and here are smaller school guys, not smaller guys. Um, gosh. Uh, another shorter pass rusher, like 6'2"-ish. But if there's a soft spot I've developed this year, it's that Coastal Carolina defense. And oh. – Oh, they're so much fun. And they fly to the football in droves. And Teron Jackson is a legit, like, I'm probably higher than him on some. Like, I would, like, I could justify him in round three or four. Like, that's how much I enjoyed him because he's got a great first step, get off. He, he can play multiple fronts where you can probably stand him up. He can probably put his arms, put him, put his hand in the dirt. And he's, he, he is someone who I believe his motor runs hot, but he does lack some lateral mobility because I think he's almost – he's really – how do I put this? He's 6'2", and a, it's like 6'2", probably 260-ish, but he's really, like, put together. Like, he's a really, like, densely built athlete. Like, he's really thick and quick twitchy and – I just really enjoyed watching him and he plays with reckless abandon and he's powerful and he's going to stand people up and he's going to set an edge. Cause he is so strong. Is he the best run defender? No, but he's strong and he's, he's got long enough arms, his length, his long arm length measured in 33 inches at the senior bowl. I wish I would have been able to watch more of the senior bowl practices. Admittedly, I wasn't able to because of work and whatnot, 
but I just guess I'm going to ask you, I kind of gave you my, he's, he's more of a, he's a work ethic athlete who plays with intensity and he's really strong. And I think he would be really, really well served in like a multiple, multiple front defense where you can line him up inside or outside or hand in the dirt or outside standing up. Just someone I really enjoyed watching. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned dense because that's exactly the word I was going to mention uh, when talking about his frame and just the way he's built. Uh, he's a little bit stouter as an edge rusher, but he's like – He's a fire hydrant. He's a fit guy. Exactly. Pause. <laughs> well, not – you get what I mean. <laughs> I'm not trying to indicate – I mean, he might be. I don't know. I haven't looked or checked. Uh, uh, okay, moving on. How was he? Did he perform well? I know you were down at the Senior Bowl, down in Mobile. Yeah. How did he look there? He looked good to me. Uh, I think that he showcased a bit of uh, what I saw on tape. Uh, might be a little bit stiff in his lower half. Uh, his ability to just change direction uh, might not be the best in this class. Uh, but he's powerful as all hell. Uh, he runs consistently red hot. Uh, and that's one thing I love about him, especially watching uh, – that BYU versus Coastal Carolina game, that was one of the most fun games I watched all year. Uh, just watching that Coastal Carolina defense put pressure on Zach Wilson, and Wilson was still able to make some plays, but obviously, you know, wasn't able to play at his full potential just because of guys like Taron Jackson just wreck, wreaking havoc there in, you know, that backfield. Uh, so he's a strong guy, plays hard. Uh, he's got a pretty good uh, arsenal. He's pretty diverse in the moves that he's able to pull off. Not necessarily the best athlete uh, side to side. I think he's got decent enough uh, burst off the snap that, you know, like he ran a, a 4 7 one 40-yard dash at his pro day, and he had a, a 2 7 two 20-yard split, which is, you know, well above average. And I think that he's got a, you know, decent enough uh, explosiveness in his first couple steps, even if he's not an elite athlete. Uh, the size is a concern and the lateral mobility mm -hmm. is a concern, but I think he, he's the type of guy, I agree with you, uh, you can move him around uh, inside, outside, stand-up, whatever, just multiple defense, I think that'll be a good fit for him. Yeah, alright, well, I think that kind of gives us a good showcase on the, on the edge rushers in this class. So, we wanted to touch a little more on some offensive tackles later in the draft that might not be getting the love they deserve because of you know, just the depth of it. And we spent a lot of time, but I noticed we didn't even get to certain players like Walker Little out of Stanford, who if he – no, we did touch on Walker Little. I apologize. Deontay Smith is a guy we didn't even touch on. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you give me a quick synopsis on him? Because I know he was from all – everything I saw on Twitter. Again, I wasn't able to watch much of the Senior Bowl coverage, let alone the game. Um, I know he was someone that got a lot of love down at Mobile. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Deontay Smith had one of the best performances at the Senior Bowl. Uh, and a big thing for me was what he was going to measure in at, because I want to say at ECU he was listed at, like, what, 6'4", 273, something like that. Like, you know, that's, that's a very big guy in terms of average human standards. But keep in mind in the NFL, uh, you want to be in that – ideally in that 300 range if you're playing at offensive tackle – and while he didn't crack that, he did make it to 290, and he measured in at 6'5", so that he was able to, you know, pick up that extra inch that you rarely see. Uh, and 
I was just a really big fan of how he plays the game. He uses his hands well. He's a really good athlete. Uh, side to side or climbing to the second level, I feel like he's one of the better movers at offensive tackle in this class. And I feel like I had some concerns with strength coming into the senior bowl. I mean, I didn't think he wasn't powerful, but I felt like at a lighter weight, you know, he could struggle sometimes, but he more than held his own uh, in work and in the game itself I feel like that uh, it was good weight that he added on which is encouraging to see because sometimes guys just put on you know water weight or whatnot uh, just to you know weigh in heavier to appease teams and then you know go back to your regular weight like a like two days later or whatever I feel like Deontay Smith looked stronger uh, he packed a mean punch at the point of attack his anchor looked a little bit bigger Uh I feel like pad level can improve a little bit. I think uh, his football IQ, it's not bad. Uh, but I, again, like we mentioned with uh, Ellerson Smith, uh, the reason that, you know, he didn't play at uh, the power five level, I mean, weight played a part in it, I'm sure. But also I think the IQ can improve a little bit. But he's a guy I wouldn't mind taking in round three. I think eventually he'll, he'll end up going uh, round three, round four, around that range. Yeah. Uh, He's amazing. It's amazing how the hype changes where it's like you hear like he was getting so much love. I was seeing reports of him pushing his way into the bottom of round one, early round two. And I just, I'm not going to comment on him full disclosure. I don't, I've watched a game and a half of him. I don't feel comfortable that I've watched enough to really give a fair assessment. I just know that I wanted to touch on him because he's become a draft darling of sorts. But from what I can gather off of what you're saying, what I've seen reported and the minimal I've watched, probably like a zone outside zone tackle, like because he lacks some functional strength and size, he's not the biggest tackle in the world. Um, so that that's the read I get. I could be wrong, obviously, but that's just the read I get on his his profile. Oh, no, I definitely agree. I think that outside zone would be a good fit for him. Uh, not the biggest or nastiest guy out there, but he moves well. And something that was interesting to me is just how long his limbs are. Uh, he measured in at 6'5 flat at the senior bowl, you know, which is, you know, that's good height for an offensive tackle. But he came in with 85-inch wingspan and 35 and a quarter inch arms, which – I'm looking it over now, and unless I'm somehow skipping over a guy, those are the longest arms for an offensive lineman at the Senior Bowl this past year, mm-hmm. which that's incredible to me, especially because he's not – he doesn't Incredible. Exactly. <laughs> I speak Mexican, Spanish as well. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Triple threat. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so there's our quick synopsis of him. Uh, so someone I've, in the same vein, the developmental later round, this this isn't mid-round, this is later round, but someone I really enjoyed watching because the experience he has, the the athleticism he seemingly plays with on tape, I haven't looked up his pro day numbers or anything like that, but that's Jalen Moore from from uh, Western Michigan. Okay. I've, I've watched a little bit of him, probably three or four games, so I've got a baseline of, being pretty comfortable talking about him. So three or four games from the most recent, his most recent play. Let me be clear. So 2020. Um, He, he, so we, we've referenced it before last week and earlier in the show, 
His big issue, he's a weight, he's a weight spender. Straight up, that's just what he is. But he's a good athlete. He's probably six four, six five. Um so and a little bit lighter, but he, he moves really well and he gets he gets north and south really well. So most most offensive tackles do okay opening up their hips and moving laterally because it's part of their job. But he gets up and turns the edge on and corner as well for being able to get north and south. Um and he and he plays with a lot of intensity and length. So he he just it's almost like he's the way spending comes from the fact that he knows he's tall and long and, and he just feels like he can bend and like lunge almost to go, to go get him. Um, a lot of his, his issues are going to come with the technique is pr- kind of all over the place because he is so raw athletically and he's just, he just lacks functional strength. I really like him in probably like round six, round five as other Western Michigan, as other Western Michigan, uh, Tackles have gone a what is it Chuma Okora for I believe was a tackle out of Western Michigan. But, yeah, yeah, I was. He's on the Steelers now. I want to say right. So and he was another guy kind of in the same vein, bigger, athletic, just needed time. But he's someone I really like from what I've seen in the three or four games, especially when you watch him play against Akron. And I think he actually had a really good game against Northern Illinois. So. Those just a late around guy that I wanted to touch on. And uh, did you have any thoughts on him or did I pretty much cover it? (laughs) I I feel like you uh, touched all the bases very well. I think, you know, that's what we call a home run of the old country. Exactly. Touching them all. Um, Baseball reference there. Baseball reference. Movie reference. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Just uh, if I can do a quick little thing on Jalen Moore. I know you touched Absolutely. a lot. You touched a lot on him, uh, and I agree with you know essentially everything you said. Uh, athleticism, he's lengthy, uh, pad level a bit raw. Uh, I feel like I I generally agree with your assessment in terms of that like early ish day three range. Uh, I, I just wanted to get my uh, two cents in there. Uh, not going to go too deep because I think you summed it up basically perfectly. Uh, and a quick side note, I have seven guys with the last name Moore that I've watched in this class, which is weird to me. That's <laughs> on the list of random factoids from Jacob Infante. I have evaluated six Moors. All right. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm pretty good on talking about the tackles. The only other one that popped out at me is someone that I know some people like versus others is Coyote Awasika. And uh- that's the offensive tackle from Buffalo. Again, I haven't watched too terribly much on him, uh, but he it, he did play tackle. I think he's more guard because he's just kind of, you know, light. He's 6'5", yeah. 285, but – I, I don't know. He some people like him, some people don't. I really don't have much to say other than I think he's probably a better guard as a day three tar- target. Um, and I could see him just because of the way he moves and stuff. Just uh, def- like a, an offensive line coach, just loving him because he is just—he's literally just. There's not a matchup he doesn't feel he can take on. From what I've watched, he's yeah. he you know. 
he battles, he fights for his position. He, and he's just not afraid to, to, to mix it up with anybody. I mean, it is kind of funny from time to time. It's like, I kind of made fun of on our live stream. Like when you watch, um, God, why am I like him? The wide receiver from uh, Florida, uh, Tony. I, I, I joked about Tony always looked like he was ready to fall down as he was running. Yeah. And this, you watch enough, uh, you watch enough Buffalo football and uh, Coyote Awasika, he ends up on the ground quite a bit. And it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I appreciate the want to and the trying and the, the, the ability to mix it up with people. But he's, you know, six, seven, maybe undrafted, whatever. And but he, the nice thing is because he can't play inside, outside. What do we? What does it make him as a favorite line of draft analyst? He's scheme diverse. He yeah. can do things and stuff for different things. Cool, <laughs> whatever, neat. Have fun with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I agree with a lot of that. I think that he does end up on the ground a lot. His body control isn't ideal. Uh, I think he's he stutters. A- like he's got stutter feet. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's a perfect way to put it, honestly. Uh, I He tries hard. He plays with a, a hard edge in his game. Uh, I like he can play tackle or guard at the next level. Uh, I think he does bring pretty good power, especially because he, he's at, you said 280, I want to say? 285, so 290, something like that, yeah. Okay. So he's a little bit lighter, uh, but I do think he plays with decent enough power in his game. Uh, and I, I think – Probably like a seventh round guy, you take a flyer on him, maybe uh, just because of that versatility, you can put him tackle or guard. Uh, gives him a little bit of a an edge over guys who might just be strictly one position at the next level. Uh, one more guy I wanted to touch on uh, before we mm-hmm. uh, wrap things guard, up guard with the tackles and go yeah. IOL uh, is Drew Himmelman out of Illinois State. Uh, and you, he, got, you got me on him. I've watched literally none. <laughs> uh, Whoopsie. Bad draft analyst watches no film. Uh, and to uh, disclaimer, I haven't watched a ton of him. I've only watched, a, you know, a little bit to have like a surface level, you know, evaluated point on him. Uh, he's a big dude, though. He's a uh, sick large human huge he's six nine uh 325 pounds and the, the funny thing is he's a former tight end he came in oh, playing tight end and converted the offensive tackle and that shows up in the way that he moves i think he's a very good athlete especially for his size uh he's an effective down blocker just because of his ability to uh just move in space, the quickness he brings, and he's, you know, solid overall body control, which is rare for a guy that high. Normally you struggle with balance when you're that tall, uh, but I don't seem to see those issues with him. Uh, and he's strong. Just that raw. Oh, like bull. Exactly. Strong, athletic. He's got great tools. Only problem is he'll be 25 by the time he hits the NFL, which is older for a rookie. Uh, pad level can still improve. Obviously, he's a tall guy. It's going to be tougher for him to be that knee bender that we keep talking about, being able to get your weight underneath you. Uh, and there's still some rawness in his game, as you'd expect for a small school guy. But he's a guy I really like in like that round six, seven range. I just wanted to touch on him because I think he's a physical specimen. Yep. All right. Well, 
Well, there's your Drew Himmelman update. We actually called him in high school Large Marge because of how tall he was. That <laughs> I'm completely making things up. Don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> all right, we're moving inside, and I let's just start it off with a bang because this dude has just developed a cult following of sorts, and that is Quinn Miners from University Woo! of Wisconsin Whitewater. And if there is a section of the my guy list. It would be him for, I believe, one Jacob Infante. Am I right or wrong here? Absolutely. I mean, I remember watching him uh, just before the Senior Bowl because I tried to do a bit of work on all the Senior Bowl guys just to have, like, an understanding of, you know, what to watch while I'm down there. And I watched Quinn Miners just absolutely decimate people and eat up their souls at Wisconsin Whitewater. I'm like, Jesus, why isn't this guy getting more looks? Like, I get it. He's a small school guy. But he's strong as all hell. He's nasty and he's pretty technically sound. So the fact that he's getting a lot more looks now just makes me so happy. It warms my heart. Uh, I just love watching him play. And he seems like a cool dude. Uh, just watching his gut hang out at the senior bowl was so much fun. Uh, and he apparently, I'm going to have to check my notes for this because I, I wrote this down because it was so interesting. Uh, he has an off season regimen where he spends time working out in the wilderness at his family's camp in Canada over the off season, which <laughs> because of course he does. Of course, he's he's a bear. He's not well, not in the sense of a Chicago bear, but the or animal, a cow bear or, or a cow bear or uh, a Baylor bear. Bear. How how deep are we going to go on bears here? Uh, 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 a Maine bear, the Maine black bears. Look at that. We're going <laughs> deep on different sorts of bears. There we go. Look at our bear knowledge. I'm proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We need to get a life, Jacob. This is we do. Awful. We do. This is just sad at this point. I'm – all right. I think I've had enough Quinn Miners discussion after the bear, the bear rundown. Real quick, um, I want to mention, also has a pet snake. So – because of course he does. It's like, come on now. He's an awesome dude. Just and, uh, and any fan base, that dude's going to become an absolute cult hero for any fan base that gets him. Exactly. Um, so the, I guess if there was the my guy category for, for me, it would be Ben Cleveland from Georgia. Okay. And we, we, we went five, four or five deep on – on uh, on bears, I know there's several <laughs> bulldogs, but I don't want to do the bulldog thing. But this guy is another literal bear. Ben Cleveland is what six six, three hundred and fifty pounds, just a behemoth of a human being. Now I don't, I think, how do I put this without sounding like an absolute jackass? Um. Ben Cleveland tested very well, I want to say. I'm trying to figure this out right now. Uh, give me one second, see if I can find him. But he, I don't think his tape necessarily always di- displayed what he showed size-wise. Like, and then, like, the picture surfaced of him at, a, like, a lake or something with his girlfriend, and he's just – like for being that massive, he's got minimal fat on him. He's huge. Yeah, he's just a large and in charge human. 
not not large marge like our friend from illinois state that's different um there's a difference there's a difference (laughs) but ben cleveland is to me strictly a developmental round four round five guard that i wouldn't feel comfortable plugging him and playing him now i will say he was born in august of 98 so he's already a little older prospect for this class um but he's so strong he's probably pure gap or power run scheme whatever you want to call it because of his size i don't think he moves too well side to side from based on film i I, i'm having trouble pulling up his test numbers if there are any so i apologize for that but he's immensely strong he's huge and he plays with a nastiness like i wouldn't be surprised if he's with quinn miners up in canada wrestling (laughs) bears or whatever they're doing he probably owns a pet snake too i can't be sure (laughs) <laughs> but he, he's a fearless competitor for a, for a, I mean, he anchors well, which, you know, you're that big and strong, you better damn well anchor. Oh yeah. Um, but the, he almost like relies too much on the fact that he's just a monstrosity of a human being. Yeah. And he's really in, his hands are in a, in effect or not ineffective. They're very strong, but his hands are really, he's, almost like non-nuanced if that's a phrase for being a technician like he just wins with power he just i'm gonna put my hands on you i'm gonna throw you down strictly a guard i know people saw the size and the the, the, the lack of fat and assumed he's a good like side to side athlete do not try to move him out to tackle for the love of god you're gonna just hate yourself and he's probably gonna find you in the locker room and beat you up but tight-hipped not the best in terms of technique. He just needs time, but I think he does have a place as a starter in this league. I just really enjoyed watching his film because he is so nasty and strong, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's the best guard film I've watched this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it's funny, you know, mentioned Quinn Miners. We're talking about, I do see some similarities with them. They're both thickly built guys. Uh, different types both- of, just different types of body type though. Like one yeah. is yeah. muscle and, Miners is kind of kind of soft bodied, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, different body types, but they're both you know large in size. Uh, they're both nasty guys. They both win with power very easily at the point of attack. Both tested really well. Uh, I think Miners is shows solid athleticism on tape. Maybe not as good as one would indicate from his film is uh, testing numbers, but still a good athlete. Uh, but I agree with you on Ben Cleveland. I think that he's a bit stiff in his lower body. Uh, he ran, I want to say, let me pull it up real quick. A five Oh five 40 yard dash with a one seven, seven, 10 yard split, which How is, did you find that? Now I'm looking for, it and I can't find it. Whatever. I hate myself. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do my best. And of course, all I had to do was scroll down literally one more tweet. Uh, I'm the best, guys. Let me tell you. And that fresh 488 shuttle time. Yeah. So the the lack of hip mobility does show on testing as well. Yeah. Good yeah. straight line athlete, immensely strong. Absolutely. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he's a huge dude who moves people with power. Is he going to win with technique? Not very often. Uh, I have him in that round four range as well. I think that he's a guy 
like you exactly like you said, maybe not start right away, but down the line, he's a guy you can work with. You just uh, gotta clean up so much because even if it's like a rotational three tech in there who has any sort of ability to hand fight, he's gonna yeah. lose. Like exactly. and one thing you'll notice about me and players I like, if you're playing with a nasty demeanor, I just want to put this out there. I love dudes that play with some sort of angry, I want to hurt you predisposition. Oh, yeah. Which will then move me into someone, I want to know how you feel about him. He's probably, again, four or five, fourth or fifth round pick, but I really enjoy Tommy Kramer. Okay. And Tommy Kramer's from Notre Dame, and we touched on it last week when we brought up Liam Eichenberg, but Tommy Kramer is from the Notre Dame offensive line factory where they seemingly do nothing but put out corn fed people from the Midwest that want to go play, <laughs> play uh, offensive line in the NFL. Um, Tommy Kramer is for everything. Tevin Jenkins is outside on the, on the edge. Tommy Kramer is inside. He is a pure, probably manpower running scheme that just plays with like a bull in a china shop. Yeah, he is angry and strong and just and quite literally, just well, not quite literally, quite possibly may have bad intentions of when he's playing football against you. And he he doesn't do well laterally. He's strictly interior i think based off of what i've watched i know i think he might have been kicked out to tackle at some point in his career just because he had to be yeah but i i don't know i i really enjoyed him really he's really tightly wound really strong and he explodes into his blocks he actually does have good hand placement so he's just super violent plays with male intent and if he does, he, he's much better run defender, but because he does lack some of the, like, like I alluded to, the, the hip mobility to move around. But if he gets his hands on you, like on your chest plate in, in pass protection, you're not getting off of him. He's limited, but I like him from a sheer standpoint of he's got a nasty demeanor. He's really strong. He's been a productive guard. I think he's probably – more of a rotational lineman at the NFL level, but he could start, I think, in some capacity, just given his mentality and strength and probably ability to work himself into something more. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with uh, the nastiness he brings. I think he is one of the highest motors uh, in this class, Uh, just offensive lineman in general, guard or tackle. I think he's one of the nastiest guys you'll see out there. and he's a strong dude. I mean, obviously, like you said, not the greatest athlete, but he's got some tools to work with. And if you're a fan of offensive linemen who can just bury guys in the ground and just fight hard and kick ass, uh, Tommy Kramer's your guy. Is he going to have the highest ceiling in the world? No. Uh, but he's experienced. I want to say I got to double check here. So one, two, three, four-year starter. He's a four-year starter at Notre Dame. And – I don't want to sound too meatballish and, you know, praising Notre Dame and saying, oh, you know, this guy went to Notre Dame, you know, he's. Oh my God. Why are you from Minnesota? What just I don't happened? know. I don't know. That, that's my, that's my Bears accent. He's a Minnesota. This, this is Jacob from Mount Greenwood, Chicago. Let me tell you something about this Tommy Kramer guy. Oh my God. 
I, I, I got oh my God. the general Midwest accent right. I just got to get it right to that dit Chicago. Chicago. Like, oh, my God. It's kind of Minnesota. The way that I talk is kind of Minnesota, but I, I got to work on that. I got to <laughs> I gotta fine-tune it, but we're, we're getting Remember, there. Jacob, what is our, our show motto? We're doing our absolute <laughs> best. Um, we try. We try we, here. We, we really try. do. All right. Um, let's move up to the top end of the class because I feel like we spent a little bit of two- time on the middle round, some middle round players. Yeah. The consensus for me, at least, or what for my belief, I know some people want Elijah Vera Tucker outside. I don't. I I would much prefer him to play inside because I think he would be a really. I think he's a decent tackle prospect, but a really really good guard prospect, and that's where I would like him, especially as a zone blocker. Um, what do you think about Elijah Vera Tucker, AVT? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that he's a much better fit at guard. He can be a good tackle, but guard's where he thrives. Uh, technically sound, I think he does a good job getting his weight underneath him, uh, uses his hands well. Uh, powerful guy. I think that his athleticism, at least when I started watching him in his 2019 tape, wasn't great. I think he did get better at that. Uh, in terms of lateral quickness, uh, I don't think he's necessarily going to be an elite in terms of pure athletic uh, tools. I don't know if he's going to be an elite guy in that regard. I know we tested very well. Uh, yeah, I have it up right now. Uh, 903 was his RAS score. And I do think Barrett Tucker did a very good job of getting more athletic and getting more nimble uh, in 2020. Uh and the length and the size is a little bit concerning because he's uh, like shy of 310, uh, 6'4", which isn't bad, especially along the interior where you're in a bit of a vacuum. You don't have to rely as much on that, uh, on having those long arms to lock guys out in space. Uh, but I think there are definitely tools for him to work with. I think he's a strong uh, top 20 first round pick in this class. Yeah, uh, easily. I honestly, I'd be shocked. I mean, obviously it depends on how the board plays out. I'd be shocked if he goes any farther than 14 Kings. I know where that's a lot of people have him going there because the zone scheme works out really well. His yep. ability to thrive in that sort of system uh, and Minnesota's need along the interior. Uh, I think that would be a perfect fit for him at the next level. Uh, Again, you can play him at tackle, but I think he's a potential Pro Bowl guard, and I really like his game. Uh, he's a guy I was high on coming into the season, and he did nothing short of, you know, solidify that for me this year. Perfect. All right, let's go ahead and move ourselves all the way back across the country, and we're going down to Bama. Rotad. They have a pair of draftable guards. Um, well, draftable interior, we'll say. Let's start with Landon Dickerson because I think he's on that edge of he could be first round, he could be second round, depending on where you like him. I really like him in the back bottom part of the first round because if nothing else, he's experienced in multiple schemes because he played at Florida State and Alabama. He he played, I want to say, every single position on the offensive line. I could be wrong. But he's I, – I want to say he did. And he's – so he's scheme versatile in that – he's offense versatile as a guy – as a dude who uh, 
plays everywhere. Very, he's a strong player. Moves pretty well. Move, uh, not party pretty well. He moves all right. But I think he he benefits as being a quote unquote technician. I want to say he was also an offensive captain for for that offense. That sounds right. I could be wrong, but that is, is what it is. He's strong. He he wins with his hands a lot. Very intelligent, as evident from his ability to play inside outside. I don't want him playing outside at all, given his issues as a lateral athlete. But he offers a lot in terms of versatility, and you know, I, I think that pretty much covers him. He's not he's not a sexy prospect, but he's he's just a good player to look at because he's so easy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I think the tape on him uh, screams. I think late first, early second round. Uh, and I would have that grade on him. The only, like, the big issue with me, though, is the injuries. I mean, he played in just 12 games from 2016 to 2018, and he tore his ACL near the end of the 2020 season. So they say ability is the best ability as I get distracted as a bee just flew by my head. I'm recording this outside. Uh, but Landon Dickerson, technically sound, powerful, intelligent, maybe not the best athlete, but I think that from a pure football technique perspective, he's really good. It's just the injuries that are a huge issue with me. I wouldn't take him in the first round uh, because of that. Uh, I, I, and that yes, sucks I, I, love, I, like, I love watching him play. And he's a really good football player, and I think. And he's someone. Pl- and he's someone that coaches are going to love because he is so smart yeah. and he is so easy to coach. And he's not, he is the consummate yes coach kid. That's who he is, and there's nothing wrong with that. But let's jump to the other side of him with Deontay Brown. Um, huge. This interior offensive line class has a lot of really large humans. Which I know it's a no shit idiot. He's an offensive guard. He's supposed <laughs> to be big. No. Look up Deontay Brown. He's, for lack of a better term, he's squatty. He's yeah. just this really <laughs> wide. <laughs> he, he's like a refrigerator with arms. It's like. <laughs> And here come the Bears fans in my nation. There was only one fridge, my friend. That was <laughs> William Perry. But Deontay Brown, 6'3", 365 pounds, I want to say. Um, Something – I know he weighed in, like, super heavy at the senior bowl. I know he lost a little bit of weight. Uh, so, okay, yeah, 6'3", so, 344. He didn't yeah. bench, which is worrisome. God, just tested really, really bad. And, uh, I mean, you didn't have to really watch much film to guess that he would test bad. I think he's strictly a power scheme guard, but I think he probably starts just because he – for what he lacks athletically, he makes fu- makes up for in just sheer size and downhill ability to push the pile. Yeah. Like, that. I mean, there's not much else to say about him. He's just big and strong. He's huge. Like, whatever. Cool. Sweet. Awesome. (laughs) And I think with Deontay Brown, uh, 
strong dude. Absolutely. Like you mentioned, uh, he's a nasty guy, just buries people and he's a wide guy. So it's easier for him to just physically overwhelm dudes. Uh, not the best athlete. Uh, I think he's, if I'm, I think I'm right on this, that he struggled with weight fluctuation issues in college. I think that's right. Yeah. He's going to have to get that under control. I think maybe drop a little bit of weight because he tested poorly uh, from a pure athletic perspective and that athleticism doesn't really show up on tape. So he's going to have to work on that. Uh, Yeah. I think that in like a power scheme, I think that he's a really good fit there. Just a dude who can just run through and plot (laughs) over guys. This is even better before we move on from Deontay Brown. His nickname is Cornbread. Oh, oh that's perfect. Better. Okay. That's, I want to end on a good note for him. So we're done with him after that. Um, so staying in the South region, Creed Humphrey is someone that might be one of the better center prospects in some time, especially when you started looking at his athletic testing. And he's probably just based off of that testing and how, how strong he plays on film, probably scheme diverse, which is always, as you well know, the more you listen to this show, you'll learn that's something people desire. Someone that can do pretty much anything. Yeah. He super competitive, not the best mover, but he doesn't have to be being that he's going to be playing between two human beings um really strong powerful powerful hands uh i mean he's he's not the best laterally like i said but it doesn't have to be but he's he can probably play guard if he needed to i don't want him to play guard because i think he's a better center because he's so heady and smart and he i believe he did all his own line calls and line checks in college which is huge yeah it's not like he they're just snapping the ball but he's a grown-ass man really good played tested really well i think the testing service testing numbers did him more of a service than anything because i don't think he necessarily uh played that way in some regard for creed humphrey but i i think he's quite easily the best center prospect in this draft yeah i agree i don't really think it's close i think creed humphrey is the best center prospect in this class especially when you factor in landon dickerson's injuries i think that yeah. And even on tape, I think that Humphrey's a bit more – shoot, I don't know exactly how I want to put this because I feel like Landon Dickerson is also, you know, polished and intelligent. I think Creed Humphrey does a better job of getting his weight underneath him. I feel like he's got that frame Thinking the old hips. Exactly. He's able to get low and he's able to maximize that power in his frame. Uh, I think that just watching him on tape, the power stands out. The intelligence stands out. He's able to, you know, communicate on the often on the line of scrimmage. Uh, and in, in zone schemes, he's able to determine when to uh, rub his guy off onto someone else and then pick up another uh, defender, whether it's defensive lineman or climbing to the second level and picking up a linebacker, what have you. Uh, I think he's just very sound from an intelligence perspective. Did test really well. I agree with you. Uh, tape may not have been as athletic, but. One thing that could be interesting, he's a left-handed center. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up, but I didn't know if it's really worth mentioning. But it does help because it allows him to get that right hand up where most people are predominantly right-handed. So, yeah, you know, whatever. So, 
Niche. Yeah, it is what it is. One, uh, <laughs> one dude, actually, I wanted to bring up. Uh, what? I, have, I had one dude I wanted to bring up who's been kind of picking up some steam recently after an incredible pro day is uh, Kendrick Green out of Illinois. The Atlanta. There we go. A good old, good old home state boy right for us. Oh, boy. Good old Illini folk. Uh, he is a stretch zone player. Absolutely. And he tested as well as he looked on tape. Uh, four eight nine forty yard dash, uh, one six nine ten yard split, had a thirty five and a half inch vert at three hundred and five pounds and a nine foot eleven broad jump. And I think that athleticism is super apparent uh, watching him play. Uh, he's really mobile. So what you're saying is he's not Jack Anderson and can't move. Exactly. <laughs> he's. I think he's the exact opposite of Jack Anderson. Uh. I think he does have a bit of that mean streak in him uh, that, you know, Jack Anderson is that nasty dude, a bit, you know, stiff in the hips, can't really move, but he's powerful and mean. And he's trying his best. Exactly. He's trying his best, much like us. <laughs> that's – we keep mentioning that. We well, keep mentioning – That's all you have to say. We're trying our best. Exactly. So, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I maybe watched – his Penn State game off of recommendation, and I think I watched his Nebraska – not Nebraska, Wisconsin film, rather. Okay. It's damn red and white teams from the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> Sons of bitches. But, yeah, I mean, from his testing was great, and from a little I've seen, like, I think he is pretty much just stretch zone center. I think he probably – I'm not sure if you would agree, but he would probably need some time to be worked with because he's so – athletically dependent not necessarily technique dependent but that that's just my quick synopsis of what i've seen yeah i definitely agree i need to speak up here because the heater outside my apartment decided to become super loud for some reason i don't know jacob yelling at our listeners yeah uh i'm being very aggressive to you on your commute to work or coming back or wherever it is you're listening (laughs) if you're on the Rain coming home from the station. Shut up and listen. <laughs> listen um, to me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, before we wrap this up, the last guy I would like to touch on is someone who really, at one point, was considered like a top two round pick, and that's um, from the University of Tennessee, Trey Smith. And I know he had some, I want to say it was medical issues with like blood clots or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Where he had to sit out 2019. So he went back to school to play for 2020. I might have that wrong, but I think I have it right. I think that's, um, yeah. I think I liked that he, he, he did play some tackle, but I would rather him stay inside. Really well proportioned body. I like him as either a guard, a guard in a, in, zone or uh or or man or or man blocking but he's just a mauler really good athlete i I do think the medical things warrant some attention but i think it's gotten all plenty all all ironed out he's got awesome hands he like he really you could argue if you were to just go off of what he had before he uh, he had he missed 
the, the some of the first some of last or all of last season and going off just his 18 tape you could argue he's one of the better guard pro or one of the better line prospects in general you you could have wanted to watch but he was hurt by by 19 and 20 he didn't play necessarily as well as he could have but then again you can make that argument for a lot of people given the pandemic and everything going on and then you factor in him missing a whole year i think he's really good and I love him in a like to put him in quote unquote put him in a phone booth or whatever. Yeah. But I really really like him. I think he lacks some lateral ability, but he's strong. He's heady. He's got great hands, great power. Really well put together kid. And I think he could be a really good pickup for someone in like the third round. That that that's who I wanted to wrap up on. Maybe get your, some of your thoughts on him. But I think that pretty much cleans up some of my thoughts on on the guards. Yeah. I, I think that's a good name to wrap it up on. I was kind of hoping you touch on him uh, just because he's kind of an enigma as a prospect. We are looking at him as a first round pick uh, at one point now being looked at probably late day two, uh, probably maybe a third rounder, possibly a second. If a team, you know, really likes his testing, uh, he dominated with a, uh, a 5-1-1 40-yard dash at a 7-4-3 three-cone, which is really good for an offensive uh, guard. And, you know, the 6-5-3-21 he measured in at. And I, you know, he's a strong dude, plays hard, great frame. Uh, he's shown really good uh, hand placement at the collegiate level. I think, you know, like you said, he's a little stiff in the hips, doesn't have elite lateral mobility. I don't think that he tested really well, uh, but I don't know necessarily if that athleticism is as good on tape. Climbs to the second level well, but I think he's a little stiff uh, on film. And he wasn't as great at the senior bowl as I was hoping. Uh, but overall, I'm looking at a guy who's got tackle guard versatility. Like him better at guard, but, he, you know, the ability to just plug and play anywhere, I think that's really good. And <clears throat> just the way that he plays – his precision in his hands, how hard he plays. He blocks to the whistle. He's a gritty guy. Uh, I think that if you really, if the medicals check out and you really get to grind in his tape and see, okay, this is the type of guy we're getting. I think he can very well outdo his, uh, wherever he gets drafted. I think he can outdo his draft status at the next level. Agreed. I think he, I think you could have an argument where he might be the best guard prospect in this draft if he never gets hurt or never has his medical issues from 2019. That's how good he was. Like he was really touted as being a first or second round pick. But uh, Jacob, why don't you go ahead and tell the folks where they can find you at? All righty. So I'll do my little uh, plug here for y'all. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Infante 24. Uh, I do stuff here at Windy City Gridiron where we'll be uh, posting this good old show here. And I also do stuff over at USA Today's draft wire interviews, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, that's where you guys can find me. Danny, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and buy his draft guide, too, so you can yell at him about how wrong he is. And you can listen to our podcast and tell us how wrong we both are. So Thank you. Thank you for plugging that. God, you're, you can't even plug your own crap. What's wrong with you? I know. Um, you can find me on the old Twittering thing at uh, Dan, me and M as in Mary, two, two E's as in Edward, H-A-N as in Nicholas, the numerals 9-0. We'll see you idiots later, coming from a couple of idiots ourselves. Have fun, friends, and happy draft scouting. <laughs>